0: If you've got your bible why don't you uh, grab it open at romans one if you don't have your bible you can welcome to come and grab one from the back of church it's always good to have the word of god in front of us and then the reading will come up on the screen so reading from romans one chapter one sorry romans one verse one to seven it says paul a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his Son, who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who, through the Spirit of Holiness, was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Christ Jesus our Lord. Through him we have received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today, we are starting, as Jane mentioned, a new teaching series which we've called Controversial Jesus. And we're going to have a great couple of months as we explore some big topics together as a church. I think it's likely to challenge us in lots of ways. And I hope it's going to give us the tools so that we can chat about these things in our homes with our kids, with our friends, and family but also with those who don't yet know Jesus. But my hope, more importantly than that, is at the end of these few months, we as a church and as individuals fall more in love with Jesus because we've come to know more about his word, to have that understanding of what his plan is for our lives. And that's what we're pushing into this year, isn't it? We're pushing into what it means to be followers of Jesus. And that is the overarching emphasis of all that we're going to be teaching on when we're talking about the controversial Jesus, is looking at how do we be those controversial disciples and follow him. And we're going to begin this morning by looking at this topic as a whole, exploring why Jesus is controversial. What is it that Jesus says that is so different To what the world says around us and why are his teachings often met with such hostility so what do i mean then by jesus being controversial well hopefully that is fairly obvious but we know don't we that so much of the world is opposed to what jesus teaches and what we as the church believe the world now thinks it knows better it's progressed beyond the understanding of a 2,000-year-old prophet, or so it says. But this morning, I want to say that Jesus being controversial is good. And becoming a controversial disciple of him, a follower of Jesus, is good. And then what Jesus said 2,000 years ago is still true for us today and still good news for our world today. In fact, it's the best news there is for us. It's the best thing for our world to follow Jesus and to understand his teachings, because the teachings of Jesus are all rooted in God's love. So just to begin, what I'm going to do is I'm going to help try and build this picture of where we're going, why, and what some of these controversial teachings are. And these are the topics we're going to look at over these next few months together. So here's where we're going. There are many different things, by the way, we could have chosen, but we've tried to distill it down to just a few weeks together. So Anne, next week, is going to be talking about honouring one another and forgiveness. We are called to forgive, not to hold grudges. This is far from the attitude, isn't it, of so much of the world, limitless forgiveness from the Father Can you imagine what politics would be like if they followed Jesus' commands on forgiveness and lived out Matthew 18? Can you imagine Prime Minister's question times each week? It would be quite boring, wouldn't it, with no slagging matches, if they said, you know what, I forgive you, I'm not going to hold that grudge against you. Reality TV would be quite pleasant to watch, wouldn't it? Actual fact, we were watching I'm a Celeb uh, last uh, night, and... um, In it, boy George confronts Matt Hancock and just says, actually, I had this issue with you. He did Matthew 18. He did it face to face. He said, oh, it actually felt quite good to do that. It was a weight lifted. If the world lived this controversial sense of honoring and forgiving. The week after that, we're going to be thinking about justice. What does godly justice look like? You might be thinking, well, how is that controversial? Well, the kind of justice that Jesus talks about is way beyond the justice that the world lives out. You see, Jesus calls us to love our enemies. That's a radical form of justice that goes beyond the norm. Just to put that into perspective, Jesus calls you to love Vladimir Putin. That is a radical and controversial statement to say. There's examples in Scripture. He calls us to welcome the sojourner. He calls us to welcome those who are coming in our country, not to send them off in a plane somewhere else. Godly justice is costly and sacrificial. It's modelled by the one who came to serve and not to be served. After Christmas, in the new year, we're going to be thinking about friendship. You see, Jesus is the ultimate example of what friendship looks like. Sacrificial, rooted in love, honour and respect. The world has got friendship so wrong. And what Jesus says, about friendship is so good. We're going to spend one week looking at marriage and singleness and the teaching of the Bible here. We know the teaching of Jesus is so controversial. The teaching of the Bible is clear that you can lead a fulfilling life without sex. That is not what the world says. Teenagers today will not grow up knowing that you can lead a fulfilled and completely whole life without sex. But Jesus models that to us. We'll be thinking about sexuality one week. And I say, I don't really need to say much more, do I, on that. We know that the world has different views from what Jesus said about that. That is not the message of the world at the moment. And then finally, we're going to be thinking about money. And I think that's probably going to be one of the most challenging topics for us to look at. And that's because I think the church is so trapped in what the world says about money And we've still not got to grips with the reality of what Jesus says about it. And it's a lie that has become embedded without us even realizing it. Just to name some of these radical statements for a moment that Jesus said, sell your possessions and give to the poor. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for somebody rich to enter the kingdom of God. Another one, he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, God provides for us. These are radical ideas and controversial statements. Can you imagine being told, give away every single penny you've got to the poor. If you're rich, you're not going to heaven. These are controversial things for us today and controversial things even to say, In the church, but these are the teachings of Jesus. And I recognize that for so many of us, these topics are going to be really challenging and maybe bring up quite a lot of emotion. And there'll be some of us in these rooms, those we're talking about these over these next few weeks, that will be struggling with these issues. I think God will call some of us to make changes in our lives and changes in our understanding. So in this season, what I really want to encourage you to do is to use the time in your Barnabas communities in the week to open up these passages again together, to chat them through, to pray together, to share honestly, to share openly, and to encourage one another in our walks with Jesus, to encourage one another, to follow him as faithfully as we can, and to pray blessing over each other. If you're not in a Barnabas community here this morning, come and chat to me and I'll help you find a Barnabas community to journey with. See, when we're speaking often about these contentious issues and things that are quite emotional, what I want to encourage us to do is just to be really aware then of how we speak about them as well, to always be full of grace in our words and to be full of truth, to speak truth in love. So I'm going to say, don't raise your voice and get cross with someone if they say something you disagree with. If you've ever done Alpha, this is a really good skill you have to learn. You have to just say, that's a great thought. How about, what do you think? Anne will be learning this lots at the moment as you lead a group through Alpha. You have to be careful of the language that we use. Don't use insulting language. Remember that everyone is to be listened to, even those who we disagree with because we want to model how Jesus did communication here, speaking in grace and truth with love. And finally, on this bit, I want to just say we're not going to force you to believe everything that we say in this series from the front. We know that not everybody is going to agree with everything we say. But I want you to know that everybody who's going to be speaking is people we trust who are going to faithfully speak from God's word. And we trust them to handle these topics well. And everything we do will be from that foundation of the last few weeks we've been looking at of the Word and Spirit, building upon that God's Word is the truth for us today, revealed to us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And do you know what? It is really good for us to be challenged as disciples. It's good for us to be challenged in what we believe. Timothy Keller says, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshipping an idolised version of yourself. I'm going to read that again. If God, your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshipping an idolized version of yourself. So let's trust God to challenge us in our thinking and what we believe. So here's a couple of thoughts I want to leave us with this morning, and then we'll come eventually to Romans 1 together. Firstly, I want to say this morning that Jesus has always been controversial this is nothing new for us today so we must not forget that it's not just today in our society that Jesus is teaching is controversial we often think don't we that we've had it harder today than Christians of the past and sometimes actually that might be true but it's definitely not always been the case In my daily Bible reading at the minute, I've been reading through John's Gospel, and I was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke before that. And um, the thing that struck out to me as I've been reading it this time is just how much hostility there was to Jesus every time he spoke something that people didn't like, that was different to the norm. There was so much hostility towards him. The Pharisees persecuted him, and they plotted his death, didn't they? The early church faced so much persecution, beatings, verbal abuse. They were ostracized for believing in Jesus. Jesus was controversial 2,000 years ago, probably more so than he was, is today. For Jesus to be controversial is nothing new. Jesus' taught teachings were thought 2,000 years ago to be dangerous and delusional. How could he be the promised Messiah? How could he claim that he was God? See, people today often, we're still they're still hearing these words of Jesus for the first time, aren't they? They're just as new to people in reality as they were 2,000 years ago. Many of my friends have grown up with no idea about who Jesus is, what he did, or what he said. Until we hear those words of Jesus spoken to us, all we hear in reality are the lies of the enemy, the lies of this world, and the weakness of our own flesh, our own thinking. But it's important to remember that it's not just Jesus' teaching that was controversial. In reality, Jesus, in his very nature, is controversial, and he was different. So we're going to give us some examples. So Jesus' birth. Jesus was born to an unwed teenage mother who happened to be a virgin who had to flee Herod trying to kill him. He was a political refugee. Jesus had a controversial plan. He had a plan to build his kingdom, not by asserting his power or by shows of strength or by military force or violence, which was the common way at the time, but by controversially showing grace and love and forgiveness by telling us to love our enemies. Jesus had controversial relationships, didn't he? He was friends with adulterers, prostitutes, tax collectors, and criminals. People who you did not want to associate with in that day. And very controversially, Jesus spoke to women. Think about the woman at the well. Something men didn't normally do. We take that for granted, don't we now? Because it's just normal, isn't it? But Jesus spoke to women. There was a controversial thing in that day. His death was controversial. A man found to be innocent, he was tried, wasn't he? He was cleared. Found not guilty, yet killed as a criminal. He was handed over to them, dying the most painful death imaginable. See, all of the life of Jesus was and is controversial. Jesus, by his very nature, is controversial. It's who he is. And that's because he is God. God is bigger than our understanding. And that's a good thing. He's bigger than what I know. And to invite Jesus, that really big God, who's beyond our understanding into our lives, is to invite his controversy with it. But here's the thing, the thing that I want to finish on, this more enduringness into this passage in Romans 1. Inviting controversial Jesus into our lives, following his controversial teaching, being and thinking differently from the world, around us is in fact good because we are called to be different as followers of jesus as the church we are called to be different we are called to be holy and to be set apart verse one in this passage says paul was called to be set apart for the gospel of god in verse six it says that we are called to belong to jesus we are called to be set apart from the teaching of the world set apart from the world influenced by the lies of the enemy in 1 peter 1 verse 13 it says this will come up on the screen therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when jesus christ is revealed at his coming As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. A call to holiness, what holy means, is set apart. We are called to be holy and set apart because Jesus is holy. And we are called to be like him. So, I'm going to make a bold claim. I'm going to say that if you claim to be a follower of Jesus and there is no controversy in your life, you need to ask which Jesus are you following? Because following the Jesus of the Bible, the controversial Jesus that we've been speaking about, means by default that you will become a controversial disciple because we are called to become like him. See, I want to be different from the world around me. I want to trust that the different that Jesus calls us to is better than what the world has for us, even if it appears to be weird and not understood by those who are following him. I want to be different from the world because I want to be set apart for the gospel. That's what Paul says, doesn't it? He says he's set apart for the gospel. And that's what we want to see come through in every topic that we talk about, is that good news. Because in every teaching of Jesus that the world doesn't like, there is good news. All of it is good for us as followers and good for those who don't follow yet. They just haven't seen that goodness. See, God is calling us to be different. He's calling us to be his controversial disciples in the world set apart for the gospel. The other thing here that I think he's calling us to is faithful obedience. And this is something that keeps striking me over and over again at the moment. In verse 5, it says, Through him we, are, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his namesake one of the things we need to do as followers of jesus is to be obedient and have faith to trust that god is good and that he knows best for us i believe we can do that because we have received grace god is that god of grace god is not the god of hate, of punishment, of harm. He's the God of grace. The God who loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to take all your sin upon the cross and in its place give you eternal life. See, the teaching of Jesus might be controversial in the world around us. It might even be controversial in so much of the Western church, but God is good. Jesus is good, and he wants good things for his people because he is the God full of grace. And sometimes, you know what, we might not just see all of that goodness in his way of life. Sometimes it is really hard to understand why. What scripture says about marriage, for example, what Jesus said about being rich and giving everything away, These are difficult things to understand, and that's where the faith comes in. He doesn't just call us to obedience, but he calls us to obedience by faith. We need to remember, again, I'm gonna keep saying it, that God is the God of grace. He's given us grace. We need to put our trust in his word and follow. Obedience comes through faith. We don't really need to understand everything jesus said we don't need to understand the why we just need to put it into plan by faith trust him know that he is good that he has good things for his people and walk in those good ways to obediently follow and to become those disciples that he's calling us to and that is really hard it's really hard but it is good I love this quote from John Stott. I'm going to read this to us now again. It will come up on the serene. Some people are anxious to be faithful to the revelation of God without compromise, but ignore the challenges of the modern world and live in the past. But others are more anxious about the world around them and trim and twist God's revelation in their search for relevance. But we need to submit to the revelation of yesterday with the realities of today and that's where i want to leave us with that's what we're going to try and do over these next two months we're going to try and submit to god's grace the revelation of his son our savior the good news for all mankind and we're going to look at how that speaks into the world today and maybe it feels a little bit of a minefield ahead maybe following jesus in the world today seems hard but i want to leave you with another promise That Jesus says, so this is where we're going to finish. In John 16, he says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. The teaching of Jesus brings peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's what we hold on to, that Jesus has overcome the world, that Jesus will be victorious, that Jesus has won because of the cross of Christ, from his death and his resurrection. Jesus has overcome. Take heart. Remember that he is full of grace. Amen.